Yeah. Yeah. What it do, folk? What's happening? What going on, Peppy? It's the homie, homie CL, and we back live on the Rundown South. Gotta know that. And I'd like to thank y'all for joining me. However you're joining me, I do appreciate it. Hopefully you came through from therundown.com. That's darundown.com. Gotta know that. And if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, YouTube, wherever you want to get the podcast, bro. We right there. You ain't got to go far. You ain't got to work for it. You know, just hit that button. And if you really like what you hear and you want to support the podcast, please rate and review. Five stars if you like it. If you don't like it, just tell me why you don't like it. Don't don't just skip out and be like, oh, I ain't like that. Keep it moving. I want to know what y'all don't like. Now, it's been an eventful week in the, in the city of Atlanta. And everybody knows the Rundown South always records live in ATL, Georgia. And <clears throat> there is a lot to talk about because these Falcons have made the Super Bowl. The Migos, number one on the billboard. Atlanta's taking over. Now, we're going to talk about some of that today. But I got I to gotta get some more things in the works so I can do the city some justice and really make it happen and really represent and put on going into the Super Bowl. I am not what you would say a Falcons fan, but I am a Falcons supporter. We'll just leave it at that. But uh, today, I got on the line Keith Nelson Jr. via from uh, Digital Trends. Yeah. What's going on, man? You know, I'm live here, Midtown Manhattan, at the Digital Trends offices, you know, headed out, doing my thing with my boy CL. And I just got to you can't see him right now. You can't see him right now, but I'm doing the Dirty Bird right now for my Falcons. <laughs> and that's for my, everybody who know about Jamal Anderson and the boys back in the 90s who did it first. But, man, what a, what a fucking Sunday. What a Sunday that was. Yo, and just because this podcast does not limit itself to Atlanta, that's why I had to have you on the line because we're going to talk about that Sunday and a few other things. But yes, it was quite a Sunday. It, now, one thing I was disappointed in is the fact that neither game ended up being close. And it kind of like, it kind of sucked the air out of the excitement that I had going in. Cause I was a little piped up going into the game. I was a little like, all right, this is the last two games mm-hmm. before the Super Bowl. You know, everything is on the line and we should get some really good performances, but it ain't go down like that. Mm-mm. So it didn't go down anywhere. We've literally had, this might, this might be the most boring NFL playoffs. Right, every game was garbage. Of the century. Except for like that Green Bay Dallas game. Only one. And every the only game reason was that the only reason that we did a game is because Dallas actually played football in the second half. Mm-hmm. If Dallas played the way they played in the first half, we would have went an entire playoffs with not one interesting game. Not one. Even the even the Falcons and Packers game, like it was over at halftime. Yeah, it really was. Now I will tell you this. People on Twitter, Facebook, and even inside the Georgia Dome at halftime, we're not believing yet. It was not that time yet. They were not ready to stamp the tickets to Houston until about midway through the third quarter where it really looked like it was out of reach. Because as y'all heard on the last podcast when I had uh, Easy Life on, biggest Falcons fan on the podcast, and I talked to him about it, and he just didn't believe. He didn't believe going into the game that the Falcons could do it. Mm-mm. And it just took a long time for them to get comfortable because they don't want their heartbreak again. And people think, you know, people might think that Super Bowl's in Houston, down south, so it's mm-hmm. going to be like a Falcons home game. Oh, no. Nah. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, mm-mm. Because, like you said, the Falcons fans were not believing it until the very last second. So that means, and you know those Patriots fans, cocky as shit, they thought they were going to Super Bowl a month ago. So so oh, most yeah. of them figures are, are, are swapped up by Patriots fans who been knew they were going. And then it's probably going to be like Falcons fans there, like, scrambling, like, oh shit, we're going mm-hmm. to the Super Bowl. Got to figure something out now. 
But my thing with that, and it's it's this idea of, and this makes me interested in like teams that not like teams that lose because teams that lose like how the Cubs were, you kind of don't even get championship in your mind until right. you get it until you get a team that is so uh, like objectively dominant. It start you you start thinking about it. like like the Cubs that won the Super World Series wasn't some ragtag group that just came together. That was the best, one of the greatest teams ever. Mm-hmm. And so, so Cubs fans do that. This Falcons team wasn't, cannot be considered one of the greatest teams ever. Not saying it was a shocker because they were number one in offense and they was killing the league. But this this just feels like I don't know. It, it feels, you got like guys that are on their second year doing big things like like um. Tevin Campbell or Coleman, Coleman. Oh, yeah, Coleman. Then you got dudes like Matt Ryan and Julio Jones who are like in that middle of like we're veterans, but we're still young veterans. So mm-hmm. it kind of it kind of it kind of had this feel of like a good team, but a scrappy good team that's just putting things together to become dominant. Because that last in the NFC title game that Atlanta was in in 2012 with the the Niners is still one of the greatest. One of the greatest games I've ever seen. Like I, I've, I've rarely seen teams go back and forth like that. So I'm here saluting, but you know what? We got to figure out. Fuck, who's gonna win the Super Bowl? We don't. That, that's something that's gonna be later. We are. This, this is hip hop right here. Yeah, mm-hmm. from your years of experience, who do you think should be, or whom? How many people do you think should be responsible for the anthem for the Falcons? In the Super Bowl, this is their first. This is the first Super Bowl since the Falcons, since Atlanta has been unquestionably the king of hip hop. Unquestionably, that the is first true. Super Bowl since then. So, who do you think? What collection? What arrangement of artists? Who's producing it? Is, is Metro on the beat? Are, are we hearing up? You know, Trump. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Let me know who's on the beat. Now, I really. About? I thought you were going to ask me something different, you know, because there's a couple underlying storylines and I'm going to get back to that oh, in a second because I'm actually kind of pondering that right now. But I I thought you were going to ask me who was going to win the strip club battle when everybody from Atlanta heads to Houston because we all know these are the top two ranked strip club cities in America and possibly the entire world. What was my question? Let's go to that. All right, let's talk about that. I did not know that this was a battle of the strip club. <laughs> Bruh, and then here's another thing that I don't think nobody realizes. Not only is Atlanta in the Super Bowl, so that means we got a lot of stuff coming into Houston. And then, like, within a week, the All-Star game is in New Orleans. Oh, So it's like, if you really wanted to, like all the thoughts could probably just get on a train and just keep it moving for the next two weeks. And it's going to be nothing but money in the air because you best believe in Houston, the ballers is going to be there. New Orleans, the ballers is going to be there. And everybody is looking for a come up. Yo, I am. now that you mentioned that, now that you mentioned that, and the Falcons are in the Super Bowl, and people are going to go to Houston, which is already a pretty is pretty entrenched in the hip hop culture and the pimping culture. So they flashy and stuff like that. I'm thinking this is just me. This is just me. I'm thinking that there could be some stripper on stripper fighting. Cause here's what I and here's what I've noticed. Okay, speculate. So, I've been in the strip club twice in my life. Only twice. Um, both times was Tootsie's out of Miami. Shout out to Tootsie's. All right. The legal right. establishment. I didn't see any strippers fight, but I heard, like, over here, you know, why the, you know, the half-naked waitresses are walking around <laughs> serving you chicken fingers and shit. I heard him talking about, like, how Lil Wayne came one time and he was putting out so much money, these chicks was fighting over the cash. Ooh. Now that's just Luda Wayne. Right. One, one person. What's going to happen when the Super Bowl rolls around and Future's in one corner? Luda Wayne's in the other corner. Rick Ross is over there. Drake is somewhere filling up on J Lo. What's going to happen <laughs> when at one time 
these T.I. is going to be there trying to get a new way. What's going to happen sure when at one time these guys start throwing stacks? Like, I mean, like 401k kind of stacks and shit. What's so going to so happen? So, retiring yeah. strippers in this bitch. <laughs> this could be the re- Yo, do you think women are going to become strippers just for the Super Bowl? Because it's going to be that big of a look, come up. Because, look, I, I ain't going to lie. Like, I'll, I'm glad you said that because there are a lot of freelance strippers in Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, they're not full time. They have regular jobs. They do other stuff. But when the cu- when the time comes, they will freelance and get them in a couple dances at a party somewhere. Trust How me. can you can you spot can you spot a woman who's a freelance like stripper? Because you can you can, okay. Please, everybody, this is not this. None of these are views of digital trends of my employer <laughs> <laughs> or my mama. However, I need to say, I'm not saying you can tell who's a stripper, but there's certain contextual clues that kind of reveal it. One being, for some reason, you're coming home at four o'clock in the morning right. wearing glitter on your face that's just that's just the most that, that's obvious shit but I, I i know what you're saying it's like in a crowd could you spot one of these freelancers? Freelance the... could you spot a freelancer now what i will say is you can't in certain environments you can't because mm-hmm. if you at you know like a private party you know it's like oh she does this she do this all the time and then the other ones is kind of like, well, she looked like she's been doing this every once in a while and she just ain't really got super comfortable in her skin, but she's out here just doing it. So there, there is something to that. But for the most part, bro, it's, it's like it's in you. Either it's in you or it's not. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I mean, I'm just hoping everybody stays safe. Um, my question is also now that we're on this track. We can get off of this. After yeah, we this. Yeah, okay. But something just popped in my head. Where this, if there's one thing that always happens, no matter the era, no matter the team, one thing that always happens is somebody on either one of the teams fucks around. Mm. Okay. See now, now we now we finna deep cut. We finna deep cut on some Falcons wounds. Because finesse. What, I'm like, do you remember what happened the last time the Falcons were in the Super Bowl? No, elaborate. I was ten, so Not, I'm. So you don't remember the man of the year getting caught soliciting a prostitute on South Beach? Wait, wait, huh? Yeah. Uh, damn, what the boy name is? I forgot already. I want to say Jesse Armstrong. Hold on, bro. Wait. Bro, you don't remember that? I am. I am. Uh, I'm telling you, man. I did not know that there was. I'm not surprised. I heard that. I think it was the Steelers or the Cowboys. One of the one of those teams had like an O line that all of them was hopped up on coke and they won a, and they won a Super Bowl the next night. So I'm not surprised that teams do that kind of crazy shit. But you gotta let me know who this was. Like, who the bro. fuck? This is the biggest game of your life. Exactly. And hold on, bro. I'm fucking straight blanking right now. Because Bomani talks now. about it all the time. And, like, that's... <laughs> it's, like, part of... <clears throat> if anybody listens, Eugene Robinson. Okay. okay. That's, that's, why, that's why I don't remember. Because who the fuck is Eugene? Eugene Rob- Look, Eugene Robinson was a member of the 49ers. He had won a ring already. Then he came to Atlanta... And was supposed to be like one of the missing pieces to the secondary that was going to help, you know, put them over the top. And for whatever reason, you know, he won the man of the year. So people looked at him like, us, you know, an upright citizen, you know, family in Wait, town and everything. Yeah, like, like, what kind of man of the year? Atlanta like, man of the no, year? NFL man of the year. Oh, I'm thinking he won time man of the year. Nah, like, bro, he won NFL uh, man of the uh, year. Like maybe like a week or two prior to that, and then they get down to the Super Bowl on South Beach, and he gets arrested soliciting a prostitute. So I yes, night before the game, and then if you don't remember, he let a pass go over his head that ended up being a touchdown 
in the Super Bowl. Mm. And any Atlanta Falcons fan who knows why they won't believe in the Falcons, that's one of those times where they won't let the heartbreak go. As Bomani. Shout out to Bomani Jones. Because um, I swear it comes up at least twice a week. Like, that, so, <laughs> that shit cuts deep. <laughs> that shit cuts deep, man. All right. So, last so, question. I'm about to say, bro, don't, everybody, look, Houston Thoughts, Atlanta Thoughts, do us a solid. Just, solid. Like, if you're going to do that, just, just keep it in the room. You Not know, let's happen. just call it in. You know, tender swipe. <laughs> not gonna happen. You can't see me, but bruh, bruh. It's not gonna stay in the room. You come on. Man. I mean we know they're not gonna stay in the room, bro. I'm just what's saying. Jaylen, what's what's Jalen Rose? Um what's this fucking um focus? Do you have the trunk? Yeah. Pop the trunk. That's exactly what these dogs are gonna be doing. They gonna, they gonna be mobile. They gonna be mobile. So the minute they get chose, they're gonna be like See you, he a baller. I'm getting out the car right now. You getting that? It ain't gonna be no sign it up, son. This is these are the richest athletes in America. Not this these two teams, but these are the richest athletes by average in America. These women are gonna go bananas. Now my last question to you: Who on both teams? Cause I'ma tell you, <laughs> yo. <laughs> <I'ma> tell you, <laughs> What happened? You got a phone call? You got nah, a text, nah, bro? bro? I got it. I seen an image. Let's just, I'm just going to leave it at that. Like, I was not expecting that at 4.30. You know, just just not. It was a little, it's a little early for that. But continue, my. You know, hey, I'm going to keep it there. <laughs> just, let's just keep it moving. Let's just so, go. Who do you think? Because I'm going to tell you who I think. Who do you think? As I tell you, who do you think is going to, each team would be the most likely have that kind of thing happen to them to get finessed by some chick the oh. night before the Super Bowl. Me? I already know my number one. Who that is? It's not even it's not even a question. Martellus Bennett on the Patriots. He, I can 100% see him. This man said, they asked him, what does it feel like to win? Because he was on a bear and they kept losing. He said, it's kind of like having sex. Like, you know it's good, but then you have really good sex. And you just keep wanting to do it. Like, Yo, that nigga Martellus is a fool out here. This man compared winning to having sex. This man, if he... It, Yo, all right, okay, so now we get into... How, how many Martellus Bennett uh, interviews have you heard? I've only heard a few. I haven't heard many. The dude, is, the dude is interesting. Now, you might... See, you. I think you're going the wrong way about it because I'm, mm-hmm. I feel like Martellus Bennett will be on that Jalen Rose... And here's another turn on that import trip. Where he might call one up and just have one come through. Ah. But see, I'm more worried about the Julian Edelmans. The ones that get photographed sleep next to the thoughts. Because you ain't choosing them right. That's the ones I'm worried about. Now, dudes in Atlanta, I don't really, I'm not really concerned about anybody. To be honest with you, because a lot of them dudes is... For one, they're they're like they're playing in Atlanta, so it's like you know the rules already. You don't really have to do much. But these these you know everybody coming that's in Boston, it's it's a totally different tempo. So I could definitely see one of them being more likely to get caught up than Yo, somebody on the so Falcons. Right. All right, we gotta we gotta move on for this. We we, I there. know, man, but it's you, but, just, you still gotta tell me who should it be. On the Atlanta Falcons Super Bowl song, what's the lineup? What's the title of the song? And who's producing it? Okay, well, the, the easy answer, just for the sake that they the hottest thing on the charts, it had to be Amigo song produced by Metro Boomin. Mm-hmm. Like that's that right there is that has the most brand equity, and I think it would spread the fastest. And if there was going to be that tie, that would be it problem is I'm not sure if that's going to fit in a schedule they seem to be doing a little bit much right now so maybe if we if we if we wanted to move into like I guess a 
a older demographic of Atlanta artists. What would, it, what would the name of the song be if Migos did it? Oh, goodness. This is the hardest part. That's a great question. Because, like, I mean, it had to be something like Rise Up. Mm-hmm. You know, it's something like that. But if it was going to be a Rise Up song, I would much rather have, like, T.I. or, you know, Jeezy come in with it. Mm-hmm. You know? Cause I don't know if you remember the uh, I don't know was it DJ Drama, but they had an Atlanta song with Ti Jeezy. No, it was it was Ti Ludacris and Shotty Low. It was Shotty Low song, and the Dream on the hook. Mm. And it was some really good uh, chemistry, especially because like Drummer Boy did the beat, and even though Drummer Boy from Memphis. I mean, he's basically supplied Gucci Mane for like the last six, yeah. seven years with like half of his hits. So he's he's ingratiated into the Atlanta culture. But <clears throat> I don't know, man. I don't, I really don't know what I'll call it. it maybe it had to be something about like, you know, we getting dirty again. Or, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so, I think dirty more than rise up. Yeah. Better. Like dirty trap or something like that. Yeah, like dirty birds flying or. I don't know, man. <gasps> Falcon's Trap. Oh, that could be a dope ass title. I don't know. See, I think that get a wrong connotation because we got people that's actually <laughs> afraid of the Falcons getting trapped. Like, that, that, that might incite the wrong kind of attention. So, who would you... Is that your pick? Migos? I I'd say, another- I, I'd say for, for the general public, it would be the Migos. But me personally, I would love to see a T.I. Jeezy Future song. Mm-hmm. And then let that, like, you know, T.I.G.'s do the verses and then let uh, Future do the hook. Mm-hmm. And then, I don't know, you can either call Metro or we can call, um, what the boy name? What? God damn. They just, I just listened to the beast the other day. Mike Will. Shout out Mike <laughs> Will made it. Marietta all day. Now, I'm, as everybody who listens to the rundown. About to say, who you got? But everybody who know, everybody who listens to the rundown knows. I'm born and bred New York City, rapid till I die. New York, so son. NYC, BK. I'm not going to, mm, as Stephen A. Smith would say, I'm not going to bloviate. <laughs> Goddamn $30 words and about shit. shit that I don't know about, but I know a little bit. I now, mean, you write about hip hop. I, I feel like you would you would be, uh, what's the word, credentialed enough. <laughs> Thank you. I my thing is this. There's no way possible. Let me think. Actually, it is po- There's no way possible. Them young boys and Migos, ever. If they're smart, if they're smart, their album is coming out around the same time as the Super Bowl. Ooh. They're hustlers. They're smart in the sense of when to put music out and who to align with. If they, I don't see a, I don't see how they don't do, they don't do the song, but the song is going to be Migos, Ti, you was right, Ti, mm-hmm. Gucci Mane, and Jeezy. I do believe that Jeezy is going to be So there. we're going Mega and, Mix on that ass. And Ludacris. Okay. Yeah, because Luda did, he just did the halftime at the game, so. And not only that, the reason why. I would say, and it's not going to be produced by Metro Boomin or nobody. It's going to be produced by one of the godfathers. I can't even say he's the godfather. I might get crucified for that. One of the guys who put Atlanta on the map. So, so deaf. Oh, Jermaine Dupree. Yeah. And it's, because his thing about it is you need old heads on the song because you need somebody who can bridge the 98 Falcons. In the 2017 Falcons. That's a good point. You need somebody, you got someone who can even, who can make a reference like the Eugene one. Like that, like that shit will go over everybody's head but the nick, niggas on the Falcons team and the fans of the Falcons who've been there, like CL. Well, and my wrote the Falcons, like CL. Um, and the song will be called, uh, the song will be called The Dirty Bowl. Hmm. Okay. See, I, I got one little tweak to that because mm-hmm. I, I do like where you're going. But see, JD has pretty much, I ain't going to say given up on producing, but he has mm-hmm. taken a backseat from it. But I think okay. he should be the the Diddy role 
on the song. Or on the video. Yeah, in the video. Or on the stage. Yeah, like he's ad-libbing. He's introducing everybody. He's talking shit in the intro and the outro. That's that's where Jermaine Dupree really could do his thing because right now he's at that age where it's not, he's basically a DJ. I mean, <clears throat> he's doing spot performances, doing, I'm like, I actually decided to get on Instagram one day and I was like, oh, so that's what JD doing right now? Doing that and like living off residual checks from, you nice. know, Usher albums. He's, he's still eating off of that Emancipation of Mimi. Brother, he, he eating off Emancipation of Mimi, Usher Confessions, goddamn every Bow Wow song ever made. Like, <laughs> bro. That's the peace of our career. Bro, he... <laughs> I don't think we talk about how much Jermaine Dupree out here just killing the residual Actually, income market. Actually, if me and you work together more, I, I'm, we could try to get Jermaine Dupree on this podcast. Okay. That would be excellent. Like, we could, we could do. We All can. right, so what's the next order of business, Sia? Now, I'm trying to think. Is there anything else that we need to talk about with this Super Bowl? Oh, there is one thing because you okay. are in New York. And y'all have a lot of like Boston traffic coming through there. Mm-hmm. Are you getting annoyed with these people yet? Nope. Cause here's the thing about and I'm glad I'm so happy you mentioned it. Here is the thing about Boston fans in New York City. Okay. They only come out when there's games. Hmm. When okay. there's no games, you would think everybody's a Yankee fan. Everybody's a Giants fan. And the only hats you see, the only jerseys you see. But the minute there's a game, all of a sudden it's like the road just come out. What the fuck you come from? <laughs> Somebody hit the lights. Beanie? Where that beanie come from, bro? <laughs> How you become Patriots fan? So I'm good. Like like when the when the when the Sox won the World Series in 04 after beating the Yankees 03, down 03 to ALCS, you would have thought it would have been bleeding red red hats everywhere. I guarantee oh, I was wow. the next day, there was probably like maybe two people up on the train. Because that's the thing about Red Sox, that's the thing about Boston fans. And in Boston, I'm sorry, you're gonna hate me right now, but... I mean, bro, Boston hates everybody. But like, here's the thing about Boston fans, they kind of, not only are they dicks, because they think they know everything. Like, like New Yorkers, yeah, sure, we do think that's the only difference. The only difference is Boston fans have this somewhat of a me, me, me. What I did is good too. Don't forget me. It's like, chill out. Like, like Yankee fans and Knicks fans, and we only mention well, Knicks have had no success. And Giants fans, we only mention our success when people question us. Boston fans will bring up Tom Brady for anything, anything. You could have. I saw one. I saw one time. This is the one thing I did see. This song, like last, the, the most annoying thing a Patriots fan ever did. I saw two kids, 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 like, el- like elementary school kids, talking about how Peyton Man is. It's like, it's like before the AFC Championship game two years ago, or last year, and between Tom Brady and Peyton Man, they last, their last game to each other. And one of the kids was like, Tom Brady is good, but Peyton Man is gonna beat him. He's the best quarterback ever. Yeah, I, I saw a grown ass man. Grown ass man who was coming out of the grocery store. He had a he had a, his route was already planned. He was probably gonna go home. He stopped, heard that kid, and I saw him berate that kid with stats about why Tom Brady's better. Why man is being carried by his defense and why it don't matter. I have never wanted to punch a human being in the face more than last year. More than that time. Luckily, and I wish that kid would have found that guy after Payne Man and beat Tom Brady's ass and won a Super Bowl and would have just said to him, next time, when I grow up, I don't want to be like your dumbass. I go, that's the only time, but there's nobody out here. There's no, they, and, and if they win, we're not going to see them. Maybe see, like, we'll see a few peppered around, like, whatever, but they like, Boston fans are, are mostly, like, they don't like to show their pride in New York because they know they might get fucked up, and that's not a good thing, but... It is what it is sometimes. Yeah, man, that that's that is very unfortunate, and I know for whatever reason these Boston fans out here they they're trying to escape their own uh, reputation for everything that they've done so far. But it's like, bro, the, 
like once you got a resume it's hard to get around it like we seen oh, your movies <laughs> you know already man now since we Ready. since we talking about up top and you are in the big city and we just got this thing across the waiver wire that the Cavs not interested oh, in trading Kevin Love for Carmelo Anthony and I, I'm reading it and it just it screams out two things one LeBron just cussing everybody out in the press conference saying yeah. that we need to get some playmakers oh yes thanks for bringing this up yes and two Phil Jackson really trying to get off of Carmelo Anthony like yesterday so what's going on? What's the buzz in the city? Bruh, um, I'm glad you mentioned this. Really, I'm really glad you mentioned this because it's been weighing on my mind. Before I get into that, I need to first say that there is no player in the NBA who gives better post-game interviews than LeBron James. Nobody. Think so? Nobody. For the simple fact that LeBron James is the smartest NBA player playing right now, so he remembers everything. Yeah. He cares about everything. So he'll talk about everything like it's weighing so much on his mind that he can't he could be sly but him being sly is like so obvious like he's he put out two tweets like Le- lebron is literally Super that girl aggressive lebron's that girl who's dating you and is like no i'm not like the other girls who's who's subliminal but then since <laughs> subliminal like lebron said oh no i'm not mad at the organization i mean i just think we gotta get better if we want to uh, you know we gotta get better to repeat dot 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 and then mm-hmm. the very next tweet was, I mean, if we want to do that, come on, LeBron. <laughs> Yo, like, he is the passive aggressive king of the come world. Come on, LeBron. Like, I've never seen anything like I love LeBron. Yeah. That's my dude. This is not me Great talking play. shit. I believe that he will go down as the best basketball player of all time. Yes, I, I said it. I said that shit on the podcast. I said it. He probably will. But the dude just always backhanding compliment. Passive aggressive talking about his teammates, the the front office, the general manager, the owner, like everybody catches side swipes when they're dealing with LeBron. So the the, the, the vibe right now in New York City is there is no reaction yet because it like that news about love possibly being traded to the Knicks and it being rebuffed by I mean rejected by the cast. But I'm literally just but it, it literally is, just came out. I'm about to say, but it is part of the Carmelo is, Anthony saga. Or Carmelo Anthony Phil Jackson saga, I should say. If I had to sum it up and say how New Yorkers are feeling, or Knicks fans especially is feeling, it's exhaustion at this point, really. Like, we've been down this same road every single year for the last, like, two or three years. Like, it's exhaustion. Like, we're losing games, which we're used to doing at this point, which is also around the time people start Rumors start coming around like Melo might be traded or he might leave. And then around the same time, there's some big trade that could have happened. Now, I think last year when we traded J.R. Smith, that was the signal to Melo like, yeah, I'm not safe. Because not saying J.R. Smith is some kind of like, like amazing, you can, he's a franchise player. But he was he was the best shooting guard Melo had, like, and he's and still to this day. Who was who Melo shooting guard? I don't like know. Shump? I'm about to say because like they was Shump? together in, in Denver too. 20? Yeah, exactly. When he left, it was like fuck. Like, what am I going to do? So mm-hmm. my thing was, and I saw this off the off the air. The thing about Melo, and I think a lot of Knicks fans feel this way, and this trade kind of. First of all, this trade, and I don't care what anybody says, I don't care if, if Chris Winhorst or whatever, Brian, oh, Brian, Brian, Winhorst. Brian Winhorst, I don't care yeah. what he says, he comes up with some kind, of, some kind of conflicting fact or whatever, I don't give a fuck. But Kevin Love trade, the Kevin Love trade was 100% passed by LeBron James. Hmm. And he, and I guarantee you, he, passed, he signed up on that. There's no way, there's no way LeBron, like, I think after David Blatt, after they after they fired David Blatt in the middle of the season, when he's number one in the East, to hire an assistant coach who never coached the team, mm-hmm. that showed me that yep, any move that made, any move that happened, LeBron James signed off of it. Mm. Like like you don't 
like teams, the only people, the only people who want a, a coach who is not only number one in their division, but just came from bringing them to their first NBA finals in 10 years. Teams don't fire those kind of guys. They don't fire. What? Well, the only people who, who fire those kind of guys are the people who are closest to them, the players. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, we, we got all them wins, but I don't like him. So the Kevin Love trade, and we've already known that LeBron isn't the biggest Kevin Love like fan. Like, like you know he told him to fit in, not fit out. So yes. Kevin, they're not the biggest. That will go down in history friends. as like one of the all-time side swipes. Come on. So I definitely think that's what it is, but I also feel like LeBron, like it's interesting, LeBron, Melo, Wade, and Chris Paul are like this close brotherhood. They do group chats all the time. The banana Boat Crew. The Banana Boat Crew. The feminine families are always crucial. I don't know about you, but I feel like when people, when if you if you have a friend, like of course you want your friends to be better. You want your friends to do good. You want your friends to, to succeed. Mellow might be feeling like, damn, this. I'm I'm, I'm the least successful person in my friends of my friends, including Chris Paul. Like Chris Paul, you can put Chris Paul and Mellow on the same level, but then you got Wade and LeBron James, which are like. Legit could be considered top two in their respective. Well, um, all right. A quick, quick difference on that. You, you, you are kind of correct. I mean, Melo has been to the Western Conference Finals, and Chris Paul has not. But Chris Paul's teams are always in the playoffs. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. And Chris Paul is always considered one of the best at his position every single year. So is Melo, but Melo's more of a scorer these days, and I or, or every day. So I don't know, man. I feel like I don't want Kevin Love. I don't want Kevin Love to be here. Like I, I was one of the few guys who was like they should have kept Wiggins. Like Wiggins. I kind of felt like that too, bro. Wiggins, LeBron, and Kyrie with Bennett because they because they, they had to trade Bennett to get Love, bro. That lineup. That was throwaway piece though, bro. They went to the, they went to the finals. They went to the finals with no Kevin Love. Well, all right. Let me. That's only because they're in the East. You know, if they if they weren't in if they weren't in the East, then they definitely would have needed Kevin Love to get to the finals. Now, yeah, exactly. But then that's my thing is like, and I don't. I mean, yes, Kevin Love locked up Steph Curry in the last play, which which may go down as the most embarrassing play of Steph Curry's career. I don't know why. He did, I like mean, the, he did really. I mean, nah, he, 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 he stayed that. His thing about locking up Curry. I don't think he was 100%, but that's that's beside the point. No, he, he wasn't 100%, but he was still dropping three. Like, he, that's my thing. Like, if you still could do some of the things you can do, you can't, you think, it's like, you can't, you can't use the excuse. Like, if, if, if LeBron James can't dunk, then you can be like, I'm kind of sick. But if you over there, if you, if you can't, if, you, if the only thing you can't do is like, oh, I can't be perfect, then my nigga, fuck out of here. You all right. I mean, right. but, but I, I can't say that because one of the things that that step is is good at is being off the dribble, and if your knee or ankle is fucked up, you can't be doing all them putting niggas on skate shit. Well, then with that, I guess Kevin Love really isn't that impressive because I'm saying like they didn't need him to win the chip at all. They didn't need him I, I think I think he was critical because he's a big and he was grabbing a lot of rebounds and True. and making it tough, especially after. Um, uh, Bogut got hurt in the finals. Oh yeah. So I, I really do think it was important for them to have Kevin Love. But I will say this: if you swap M- uh, Mellow in for Kevin Love, it's a different team. Mm-hmm. And Carmelo is getting that stage where he's basically playing the four, and he's best at the four and stretching the floor as a shooter yeah. and also getting his own shot. My thing is. Is he gonna be willing to get in there and really bang out to get rebounds? Because that's gonna be really an essential part of his job if he's playing next to LeBron. And, how, and is he gonna listen to LeBron? That's the thing about it. Everybody, like, all the players that LeBron has, like, or most of them that he's like brought up or coached or like made them better, they came in after him. Like, and the only, and like, like Kenny, like, look what happened with him and Wade. It took them a year to be like, I right, is your team, LeBron. It's your team. It's a great a whole year to be like, I is your team. Like, well, can him and Melo they, really? They was, they was kind of locked up. He was saying LeBron was better than him. He said it. Oh, yeah. But it was, um, but but know, it, man, they, they was co-anchoring, though. 
So what else is going on, bro? I mean, because like we we were talking about the Carmelo thing, and I'm all like I'm super disappointed at him, and two, for two reasons. One, he signed an extension that got him an extra year, so he couldn't be a free agent with the rest of the big three when LeBron went to Miami. Mm-hmm. And then two, when he was a free agent, he signed another five year deal that didn't really leave him any flexibility flexibility to leave after a couple years or go somewhere else and try it. He was like, well, just give me the most money and we'll figure out the rest later, which is, mm-hmm. there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Because if you give me an option, I'm going to get this guaranteed check or I'm going to get a chance at a championship. Yeah. I'm going to get that check. Yeah, sure. check. And also, Melo's thinking about, his thing about Melo, Melo is thinking about beyond basketball. Oh, yeah, you got to think about wifey. Exactly. And his brand. He's thinking about his brand. Like, same reason why, what, 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 that's a big reason why Kevin Durant left OKC. Like, you can't really develop a brand in OKC. Like, you, like, what, what, what are you advertising? And who are you advertising to? Steakhouses? Like, like, what the fuck? But you go to, but Melo goes to New York, a big city, and he's doing like, he's doing investments into tech companies. He's, he's appearing in Swiss Beats videos. He's doing like, Sneaker deals and shit. He's all he's all over Ma- um Mad Square Garden banners. Like that's what you want. And a lot of these players, I feel like, are are, are focusing on after their career because they know that that the shit right now ain't shit ain't promised. It ain't cracking but like that. Not for nothing. NBA players are in the best time of their lives after that new CBA. You know where now the fucking salary cap is bumped up so much. Somebody like Steph Curry is going to probably get forty million a year. Forty million a year. Mm-hmm. Fifteen years ago. Ten years ago, that was just ludicrous. Five years ago, that was ludicrous. 40, 40 mil. I mean, so I don't know. I I, I really feel like Melo's gonna is coming to a crossroads. He's coming to a cross. He said he said recently that you can't say that he's been trying to chase a ring. So it leads me to think that he really values doing it by himself. I think that's why he hasn't joined his friends. He's really valued doing it by himself. He might, but like, I, I think he just wants that check. He just he just wants the check. No, no. That's, that's, he wants that check, but that's the thing about it. If you can... Here's, here's what I always tell my friends whenever they ask me, why would anybody want to join a bad team? I always tell them, you bring that team a championship, and you don't have to work for the rest of your life. You, oh, bring, yeah. the leg of the, you bring the leg of the championship, and you're just a role player. You're just another guy. You're just another guy. If even a bench player on the first Knicks team to win a championship in 40 years is going to get endorsement deals out the ass. Out the that, that is absolutely true. That so Melo thinking long term, he knows he wins. He he wins like like LeBron. LeBron is LeBron was set for life before he won the ring. Uh-huh. He brought Cleveland a fucking ring, and then later that year they got a hundred and sixty million dollar public funding for a new improvement to the Quicken Loans Arena. That mm, wouldn't have mm, never right. happened if LeBron didn't do that. They wouldn't have gotten that. The, the public wouldn't have forked over forty million dollars of public funding for that to happen. Fuck out of here. They yeah. were like, "You always losing. Why are we improving anything?" That's what I say. Melo, I think Melo is such a businessman. He understands that one chip, one title, just one title, changes everything. That's true, man. And we we gonna get off Melo here for here for a second, but I just. If he gonna stay in New York, <clears throat> we just need to get. I want some more videos of him roasting people, cause he was killing it at the mm-hmm. Olympics, getting on folks' haircuts and they lips and all that <laughs> shit, bro. I was all about the mellow this year, so I, I, I hope it turns out well for him. But uh, let's move on, cause I, I know there was a couple things you want to talk about. So yeah, I don't know. We got what we got. Uh, you said SoundCloud at the Grammys. With a chance to rapper, what, what was that about? Because I, I didn't get a chance to read up on that. Can you can you explain what? All right. So basically, chance to rap, and this is why it's kind of a, a murky kind of situation. Um, chance to rapper tweeted out a few days, like I think a week ago, that SoundCloud projects would, would be considered for the 2018 Grammys. This is after the Grammys um, announced that streaming services with a full catalog, which means that they have the intent or they have the deal with labels to get all of their songs right mm-hmm. um those streaming services like Tidal Spotify uh 
Apple Music, those are going to be considered for the Grammys. That was what happened earlier last year. Then Chance tweets this out, and that changes the whole fucking game because Chance started out with SoundCloud, and SoundCloud is still in the middle. Like, just a quick crash, because I'm not going to get too technical about it. SoundCloud has SoundCloud Go, but it still has SoundCloud as a regular service. So you can still stream music free, whatever, but then there's also songs that have, like, previews. But you, you'll see now a lot more previews, like 30-second previews of songs, because now those songs are on SoundCloud subscription service, which they opened up early this year. So that means that that's why, I'm assuming, why they So that's, that's generating revenue for people who are putting oh, yeah. songs on SoundCloud. Yeah. Okay, that's good stuff. I like that. So the problem is, I emailed and called the Grammy, uh, I mean, the, the, the um, Record Academy, and I asked them, to give you some detail like so is that for every album on soundcloud or only albums that are on soundcloud's paid tier um does that mean that an album has to start as being on the paid tier and only stay there dur- during the consideration process for the grammys or can it start free and then go to being paid and still be considered i haven't got any word back yeah, they they still working that out because that because that- <laughs> they haven't announced it yet the only announcement about soundcloud being the grammys is chance the rapper Oh, so he broke the news. He, I don't know if he broke the news or he just was overzealous and he got an email from like somebody saying we're gonna do this, we, we, we might do it. And he's like, oh, I got, you. I got to this out. But that'll be big because the process for the Grammys is so like convoluted, and I, I, I can't even fully give you the like the the process is basically that record labels have to submit the albums for consideration. Like it's not like people are going on. Saying, hey, this is the album that I heard from last month or from earlier this year. I think it should win a Grammy. It's literally people directly have to submit the albums for consideration for the Grammys. And it goes through different levels. First, they listen to it so they can put, like, find out which ones are, I guess, which albums are songs. Like, the top 25, I think. It starts out top 25 or top 20 to put into different categories. Just to categorize it. Like, oh, this is a rap song. This is a pop song. Because sometimes, I think they're... Criteria is a song has to be 60 to 75 percent, I think, of one genre for it to be considered for that genre. Because there's been some issues where rap albums have been considered R&B albums or pop albums have been considered rap albums. Like I remember okay. on Justin Timberlake's Justified album, he didn't want it to be labeled a pop album, but the Grammys nominated him for best pop pop album instead of best R&B of course, album because he's a pop he some, I mean, most of it sounded like it was popish. Yeah. Um. And then they go through people, and then they have like actually they have this one week or two weeks where all of the Grammy voters actually come together and listen to the albums, and they pick and choose and they and they, and they decipher it, and people can like pick whoever they and they, people can pick whoever they want. This is the problem: people can pick, people are allowed or are allowed to pick up to like their categories, and then I think I think four general categories. Mm. So that means that somebody could just pick somebody from their label, never heard the song, and you say, "Okay, I want that guy to win," and that's how it goes. Mm. So that's why it's it's, it's kind of bad that way. It's like it's it's still the Grammys is still a flawed concept, and I'm working on an article to figure out how to make it better. And the gist of that is basically make it let the fans have a say in it. And by that, I mean the Grammys aren't supposed to be about who makes the most records. That's the Billboard that's the Billboard Awards. Um right. you set up a records, you get a Billboard Award. However, there is always a correlation between who wins Billboard Awards and who wins Grammys Award. Because like I told you, the Grammys is basically based off of people listening to the same album and having who listened to it, how often did you listen to it and and are you more used to it. So it's 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 not surprising that an album like Adele will would win a billion Billboard Awards and then also win the Grammy Award because it's been so popular to win the Billboard Award that enough people have heard it to want to judge it. So I, I hmm. do think that if a song has like streaming numbers that are like that, I think the streaming numbers should, should count towards a vote. Like say if it's like if there's like 10 votes, right? From 10 votes for each of the things. Or if, or if one selection could get a possible 10 votes, the maximum. I feel like one of those votes needs to be dedicated towards the fans in a way that you, whichever song gets the most streaming numbers, gets that vote from the fans. Okay, that that makes a lot of sense. 
I think so. I think that's, and I'm not trying to say that. And, I, and this is my thing. It's not like the fans vote should choose which songs get nominated because then you'll have like bullshit songs that are just popular being nominated. I still think there should be some editorial critique from experts. However, with that critique, I do think that the fans should then, should then be able to have a, a, a say, or their or their engagement with the song should have a say in the nominated song. So if, if after they quit, go through all the process and it's five nominated songs, whichever one of those songs has the most streaming numbers should get the fan vote. And that should work towards it being nominated. And there's a bunch of other things I want, I want to do, but I haven't fleshed those out. But that's the, the core of it is let the fans have a say in it. Because the Grammys have, like, they just... They always it, messing up rap. You know, they, they always butchering the rap category. And oh, my God, my, it's this, so bad. this is like one of the things, like, you know, we talked about with the Oscars. And it's like, who who is voting on these awards? Who is in the room? Who's on the panels? Who's on the board? Who is doing all of this stuff? Because every time it seems to, you know, getting anything outside of like what's popular culture, it's always fumbled. So. Yeah what my thing is is are we getting enough diversity in there and are we getting the right people you know are we reaching out to like some of the contemporary quote-unquote legends like a jermaine dupree or you know brian michael cox or uh shit you i mean we can even go djs ed love or dj k slayer like any of these type of people that we just know who's been around for like 20 plus years but they know you know hey this is this new stuff is good too and it kind of reminds me of this it's like we need somebody with a little bit of a track record that we can say okay at least we know we got somebody who can bring up some of these like other situations in the room yeah i 100 percent agree with that i think there needs to be um they don't i don't think they reveal um, they don't reveal who the of course not so we don't know i don't think hiding that shit like the trump taxes Shit. We ain't gonna go there, bro. Hold up. No, we're not going there, bro. This nigga wants. Let me just say one real quick thing. Real oh, quick. Come on, bro. This nigga swindled everybody he voted for. This dude said that Mexico's gonna pay for the war. And then in an ABC interview, he campaigned saying Mexico's gonna pay for the war. And then in the ABC interview, like the fine print that he is, like the sneaky corporation he is, he said, oh, no, 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 no. Mexico's gonna reimburse us for the war. I said, wait, what? Wait, wait, so wait, so wait, what? So we're paying for it? And we're just getting the IOU? Man? Not gonna be able to do it. All right, I, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna give up for that, but I'm not paying for no fucking war. Nah, I say. Um, but yeah, nah, like bro, I still ain't got insurance, bro. You trying to give me you got to pay for a wall, nigga? That's gonna be a motherfucking problem, nigga. Fuck that shit, nigga. <laughs> Fuck that. Um, what we talking about? Uh, yeah, let's get back. Let's get back on this hip hop, boy. Yeah, we just hip-hop. say it like you know they they they, they don't oh, yeah. tell us who's on the board. Don't we don't know that. It's all about what the what the recording academy is because his thing with the Grammys are the recording academy looks at the Grammys as a as a peer to peer. Yeah, I know that. Peer to peer. Here's the problem. Here's the fucking problem with making it of uh, musicians are graded musicians. The average person is watching it. That's why you can't just do musicians to musicians. If you want to do that, you want to do musicians to musicians. You think. You could do a little small event, Screen Actors Guild Award kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Something really small, which is not like a big, big, big. But the fact that you make it this big institution, you make it like, you got to watch this. This is a Super Bowl for music. Right. So, motherfucker, I should have a say in this shit because some of these motherfucking musicians don't go outside. Straight up. By their own, by their own admission. They're like, I'm so locked into my own music. I don't even listen to other music. How many times have you heard that? Too many. Too, too, so, and those too are the many. same people who are voting for the Grammys. So it's like we gotta and another like I mean another thing another provision that I think I I uh, I wanted to add was to track every Grammy voter's streaming streaming activity. So say if somebody um 
um votes for a song in a category because that's their label mate, right? Uh-huh. And their streaming data shows that they haven't spent any time listening to the other four songs. I think their vote should be stricken, should be removed. Hmm. I feel like you should be able to prove you actually listened to this song to have your vote count. And it's, okay, and I think it, you got to also put that it's going to take multiple listens because oh, yeah. nobody ever does a critique with just one listen through that any book. piece of music. You Except know. for DJ Booth with the one, the one listen reviews, which are, which are pretty fucking good, but I get you on that one. Yeah, uh, well, you know what I'm saying? That's that's kind of their they whole spiel. So we're going to let them <laughs> have that. But we, if you really want to be critical about something, I know when I listen to... Um, the Drake album, when I did a review on it, I listened to that shit for like three hours straight, you know, just trying to make sure I didn't miss anything, any like, you know, sneak diss or samples, you know, <clears throat> and that's what it took for me. So I would hope that anybody that's uh, voting on these Grammys have listened to the projects that are being put into consideration multiple times. And at least because I'm like, there's so much music out there, you know, to begin with. So I'm hoping that they have some way to like sift through a lot of bull and just get straight to the stuff that's like, well, we got we got these that are critically acclaimed. Then we got these fan favorites and then we can kind of get stuff and just be in the middle with it. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, like, see, I just I don't know too much about their process because they're so secretive. It's exactly. hard for me to really critique the whole thing. It's it's now that I think about it, I'm like, man, you motherfuckers Illuminati? Like, <laughs> like what the fuck? That's why and I think that's a, a big trans like being so secretive is why people kinda don't even respect the Grammys to a certain extent. Like all the new old kids don't respect the Grammy. I mean the Grammys ratings have been down the past few years and shit because people are like we're only watching it. If people are gonna only watch your award show for the performances, your award show is going to get bad ratings because you can just go to YouTube. True, that is absolutely true. But when you, when the awards matter and fans feel like their their pick can actually somewhat win and it's actually an investment, you get. You, that's what happened with t- with sports. Mm-hmm. We can watch, we can watch all the highlights of a sports game. If, if all you want to see is highlights, you can watch that on, on YouTube where it's been like an hour after the game. But if you want to get the suspense, of, shit, not like, even that. Like, give it about three minutes; it'll be on Twitter on a vine. But uh, um, I, I want to shift gears real quick. Okay, because yeah, we because we run a little short on time, and so I want to um, shift gears. Uh, I want to say rest in power to the founder of World Soul Hip Hop, Lee O. Denot. If I mispronounced his name, sorry about that. We know who you're talking about. The young brother, known as Q, mm-hmm. um, the young brother died at 43. He died um, yesterday, and it was it came, it came out of nowhere. Um, according to the LA Times, he died in um, a massage parlor due to heart disease. They said it are being considered um, being connected to his obesity, which. We gotta get healthy. We like, gotta, honestly, like, yes, I mean, yes. Like honestly, like, like shout out Michelle the, Obama right there. Like, I remember when Big Pun was the first rapper who, uh, who I ever remember dying from completely preventable reasons that I remember. So that shake that sh- that changed the way. Like that that was the I'm first. I say trans like that, meaning he's the first rapper like to just die and not get shot. Yeah, something that could have been avoided. Yes. Something that could be completely avoided, and it, he he could have avoided. So, um, and I don't want to make it seem like obesity isn't a problem that is, but it's something that you can definitely avoid. I, mm-hmm. I mean, but um, it made me look at artists as as humans. It it it, it really took away because even before that, when rappers got shot and killed, they still maintained that superhero um, yeah. mystique. Oh, the only way you could take them out is by shooting him. Oh man, hmm. he went to a gunfight. So when a, a rapper like Big Pun died, and I'm an 80s baby, born in 88, for anybody who's saying, how do you not know about Easy E dying from AIDS? 
I, I didn't I didn't grow up through that. I didn't I didn't remember it when I was young. So right. Big Pun was right. the first person that I saw die for something preventable, and it just that mystique was gone. And we could change that. Like, and I seen a lot of people talk about like what world thought hip hop meant and how fucked up it was. Let me let me just say something right. I'm about now. to say go um, ahead because like I feel like it had a total positive effect, a like net positive. I, I don't know. It might have had a net positive, but I, I do agree that it was um, profiting off of some of the most fucked up things. Like, um, who's I think Q said, I figured out what people wanted to see, and I showed them. That's the problem. No, 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 not not Q. It was passion. It was um Jason Weiss. Um, I think his name is Jason Weiss, but on, on Twitter he's Passion Weiss W E I S S. He said Q figured out what we wanted to see. The problem is that he figured out what everybody wanted to see. Mm. So it's like, it's not like he was promoting like fights and shit because he was kind of sadistic masochist. He was like, no, this is what's getting the most fucking video views. I'm going to keep putting, and it's not like I'm putting up pedophilia. I'm, so let's me put it up there. I think it definitely did that good. There was so many artists who would have had no kind of distribution. Yep. Like YouTube, you get lost, you get lost in a sea of cat videos and shit. <laughs> So like, yeah, man, it, it, it's like they they were so famous for just ripping everybody's content, you know, yep. from all oh over the gosh. place. But the thing was, it was sending a lot of traffic your way. Yep. So it's like, yeah, they're not authorizing the taking of this video, but you over there getting a couple dollars off this. And to that, to that, um, they were, um, very interesting note that I just remember right now. World Star Hip Hop was the first and only place, and it's probably elsewhere too. I'm pretty sure that they were the first place where I watched Saddam Hussein get hung. Like they huh. had that footage. That's the kind of site it was. It was like it was a site where it was like you could put anything up there that was gonna get eyes. And you went there when you wanted to be like polarized. You wanted to be like, oh my god, Galvin, what is this? What is that? And I mean he was a great he was a he, they just signed a deal with MTV they were going to do a TV show I mean it was a pretty good deal and I'm I'm sad I'm sad he's gone and I hope everything I hope that the site still stay authentic shout out to that boy Keith Nelson Jr. for coming through kicking it with your boy on the podcast you know we kind of had a, a pop the trunk moment uh, didn't really have that guy planned all the way yeah but you uh, you know how we do over here at the rundown so uh any comments questions y'all please get at your boy cl at the rundown.com uh at cl the main event on twitter you can follow the show at the rundown south on twitter uh, you can follow keith at just air on twitter that's a-i-r-e uh, i mean super bowl coming up next week man i'm gonna try to do it big y'all just stay tuned man we're going to be all in the mix, all right? I do appreciate y'all joining me. And uh, I hope to hear from y'all again. It's your boy, CL. And I'm out to you. Peace.